Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 501 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. You have tuned into a deep dive episode because the previous episode was supposed to be our deep dive and instead turned into our 500th episode free for all. So now we're doing a deep dive and tonight we actually have an interview. So that is really cool. And we'll get to the interviewee here in a second. But before we do that, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. All right. And so our interviewee is a member of the FreeDV development team and leadership team. He is, I didn't say what his name was yet. Boy, my, my, <laughs> my brain. Yeah, it's been tax day. So I may be thinking of other things. Anyway, let's go ahead and welcome Munir Salem, K6AQ. Thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Uh, really glad that you could be here tonight to talk a little bit about FreeDV. We have done, I believe, it two sort of dedicated to FreeDV episodes in the past. The very first one with, with Dave Rowe was a long, long time ago at this point. Uh, so I'm glad we're able to revisit it thanks to the fact that I'm sure you've got new stuff going on and the fact that the ARDC has decided to give you a whole bunch of money to advance the art of FreeDV, which we'll get into that uh, soon enough. But let's uh, talk a little bit about you. Um, what's what's your background in uh, maybe technology and amateur radio, and how did you get involved in FreeDV? So um, I got licensed in the, initially in the early 2000s, um, but and I was, played with it a little bit, and then life got in the way, so I kind of um, wasn't in amateur radio for a while. And then within the last like five or ten years, I started really getting back into it. And I forget how um, exactly I. I think I found FreeDV like mentioned somewhere and I decided to play with it for a little bit. And then it kind of was like, I thought, oh, it's cool. And then I didn't really do much else with it for a while. And then I decided to revisit it one day and realized that they didn't really have a Mac version. So I decided as my project, I was going to go ahead and try to get this working on the Mac. And then that's when I started getting more and more interested in FreeDV. And then eventually I ended up doing a lot of, the main development, um, mainly along the lines of the user interface and like embedded type development. And speaking of embedded type development, that's actually, I actually work for a medical device company. I'm doing embedded MC and C++. So that's my, that's my day job outside of amateur radio and, and like open source type stuff. 
All right, very good. So I know I know Dave was sort of focused on the audio codec, codec two, and and that's the part of FreeDV that sort of underpins the whole thing. And other other stuff is now being developed using codec two as well. So um, that that's where the the heart of FreeDV is. But of course, it's a whole application built on top of that, designed for primarily doing digital voice, i.e., you know, crystal clear audio over. HF so that you don't have to deal with all the static and noise and all that kind of stuff. It's um, it's a little, I would say, non-trivial as far as the setup goes because you have to have essentially two sound devices. But you do have you do have some hardware at this point. So um, before we get into a little bit more about how to set up FreeDB in your your average life, what uh, talk to us about the hardware because the last time we talked about FreeDB at all, I think the hardware was pretty new. So there's actually a couple of hardware devices now. Um, there's the one that you were talking about, which is called the SM1000. Um, that's basically an STM32 microcontroller with a built-in microphone and speaker, and that run and that supports a subset of the FreeDB modes. Um, and those modes are called um, 700 Delta, 700 Echo, and 1600. Um, and it, there's actually a, and it has like a few ways you can interface it to your radio. There's there are separate jacks for like the audio input and output, for example, or there's like a combined RJ45 that you can build your own cable out of, and that's um and that's actually a pretty good device. Um, the unfortunately that has there hasn't been for sale in a while because of the the last few years and the chip shortage. Um, so that leads us to the second device that. I've mostly been working on, which is, um, it's called, um, easy DV. And that's basically a, um, it's an ESP32 implementation of kind of similar to, um, the SM1000, but, um, there's a few differences. Um, one being that it has built-in Wi-Fi support being an ESP32. So what that gets you is effectively wireless community interfacing with, um, say, for example, the ICOM IC705. And it also, um, gets you like a web interface where you can change settings and maybe a little bit friendlier way of changing settings, especially since a lot of the S1000 is um, the interface for that is basically CW. And I know there's definitely a subset of hams that don't understand CW, myself included. So um, it is nice that there is a web-based interface to change settings and that sort of thing. Um, the EasyDV is not for sale yet. That's um, that's currently in active development. Um, especially since I've mostly just been doing the hardware development and I definitely haven't really gotten any formal training in PCB design or like electrical engineering type stuff. So it's every time I send out for a new set of boards, I end up finding some sort of hardware problem. So then I have, so um, eventually um, that's something we'll have to discuss more with the the rest of the leadership team as to whether we want to sell that along with the like, as officially as part of the project or have that be its own thing. But it is um, the source code for that and the hardware schematics and stuff are available online on GitHub right now, as well as for the SM1000. So I guess if you can get a hold of the parts, you can build them. Correct. Um, the one thing to keep, I guess th that might trip people up, at least for the EasyDV, is that it does use a lot of um, 0402 and 0603, um, pretty small SMD components. So um and I think there's like one BGA component on there as well. So um, I know for myself, I I have to get um, the board manufacturer to manufacture prototypes for me because I would not be able to solder BGP, BGA type stuff here at home, for example. But um, the there are the files are 
like the KiCad files are available and um, you can in theory submit those to JLCPCB or another board manufacturer and get boards assembled that way. All right, that's good to know. So before we get into more of the nuts and bolts about FreeDB and its operation and, and setup for for a user, uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about the philosophy of uh, FreeDB and Codec2 and, and why this all came about in the first place. So um, back in the 2000s, there was a um, there was a program called FDMDV, and that was basically a digital voice implementation using a commercial codec. And for a um, for a long for a while. Um, hams were basically using it and enjoying it but the the thing is that it was it was operating under this kind of gray area where the the company didn't say that we were allowed to use it for this purpose but they didn't say no either so but then like of course one day um the long story short they um the company decided that we were no longer we as in the ham community were no longer allowed to use it so fdmdv kind of just died pretty much because of that and that kind of led into David Rowe um, developing well that and then along as well as the the patent encumbrance of the existing other existing voice codecs, uh, for example, AMB for D Star and DMR Infusion. Um, so that kind of led to um, David Rowe developing the Codec Two library, and which is basically a an implementation of digital voice, um, initially designed for ham radio use, but you could use it for other purposes if you'd like, and. Um, and the nice thing about Codec 2 is that there are no patents to worry about. And since it is open source, it can't necessarily be shut down by a commercial entity either. And and initially with Codec 2, there was like one mode that was supported, the um, 1600 mode. But then, of course, more and more modes were added on to that over time. And these days, um, the FreeDB application actually, I believe, can do like at least six or seven different modes. I'd have to look at the application again to be sure. But um, there's definitely been a lot of development with um, Codec Two since it first came out, for sure. All right, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure, but I'm gonna guess anyway that the the 1600 and the 700 refer to the audio bandwidth of the application. Um, it's more the. I believe it's more the bit rate is what that stands for. The lot the modes are typically around the same sort of take 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 rather take the same amount of bandwidth or similar amount of bandwidth around like one to two one to one and a half kilohertz or so. Okay, so obviously it has to operate inside of bands that allow for at least 1.6 kilohertz of, of bandwidth to operate. Right. The it kind of gets into the whole um, how the FCC regulates the regulates the bands. Like um, the so there's a there's a symbol rate limit we're all familiar with, but um, FreeDV and other digital voice modes are considered phone modes. So um, that same sort of limit doesn't really apply. But of course, um, because um, a lot of the other digital voice modes that exist already are a lot wider than one or one and a half kilohertz. Like for for example, D star on HF is like six kilohertz or about the same width as AM. And like um fusion and and um DMR are like at least twice as much. So um I you other hams would probably be very unhappy if you try to use like one of those on the on HF, for example. So that's one of the nice things about um free DV is that it is a it is a better like um user spectrum for sure all right very good and i just have like kind of a personal question to throw in here because i was just thinking of it so one thing i've noticed at least when i've used freedb which to be fair is not that often but part of the reason it's not that often is because when i do try to use it i notice that there are just not a lot of people using it so what 
do you feel is the reason that there's not a lot of uptake or is it simply a case of this is still really a development project and we're not pushing it yet? From what I, I've been to a few, um, like, um, ham, ham fest and that sort of thing. And I have talked to other people who've used it in the past. And the impression that I've gotten is that a lot of people did try to use it early on, um, when it FreeDB wasn't as developed. Maybe they, um, for example, like, um, one person I remember was saying that they they tried to use it like years ago and they weren't happy with the minimum signal to noise ratio and so like for like it didn't seem like it was um good enough for at the time to like um be a viable option but now that there has been all this additional development like for example the 700d mode can um operate to lower SNR um than the m- modes that were available in the past so it is more resilient on um on on weaker propagation conditions for example so um i think like a lot of the a lot of the issues that were that existed back in the day like maybe don't aren't as much there anymore but um so the but the key now is to get people to um to let people know that there's all these like enhancements and it is worth giving another shot or potentially um try it for the first time as well if you're a newer ham and haven't actually heard of it before. So how would you compare it to like uh, D-Star on HF as far as operation and, uh, you know, audio quality and stuff like that? I know the few uh, QSOs that I've had using FreeDB, the audio quality, is, of course, has been excellent because that's what it's designed for. Um, and I've never actually been able to contact somebody using HF D-Star, but I know it's a, it's a possibility. So um, can you uh, compare and contrast those a little bit? I will admit that I have only tried D-Star and HF once, but um, when I first got my um, IC705. Um, but I did notice that um, I didn't seem to get out as far, if that makes sense. Um, like um, when I tried to log, when I tried to check into the D-Star, the weekly D-Star net, um, I think only one person was able to hear me. And some of that can be chalked, chalked up to I live in an environment where um, I am antenna restricted and um, I don't have the best antenna or I and I can't really go much above like 50 watts, for example. Um, but I think some of it, it does come down to um, the fact that D-Star is significantly wider. So whatever power that I am able to put out like is is spread out over a wider bandwidth. It, it's similar to how... Um, like sideband tends to fall down, like analog sideband tends to fall down first when the conditions get bad before, say, like FT8, for example. Um, but the audio quality-wise, I'd say D-Star in general, at least on VHF and UHF, um, I'd say it's um, I'd say it's uh, pretty good. But I am I am used to um, I am used to digital voice for, with um, DMR, D-Star, and Fusion. Um, there are that is one of the other things that I've heard from other people that um. It, like digital voice in general does have that robotic type um, sound and some people aren't fans of that. So that's definitely one of the things that we're going to be looking into as improvements in the future. All right. Very good. Well, next thing on my list in my head here is to go into sort of the basic operation of FreeDB on a, on anybody's computer, whether they're using Linux uh, or Mac or Windows. But before I get into that, I want to see if Bill has anything else here he wants to interject. Oh, no, no, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you have questions, you know, so 
I'll, I'll butt in when I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. So, so we're going to get around to the ARDC and stuff in a minute once we get past the operational part of this. But so just give us a general outline of what uh, components are necessary on your computer to get this operational. And uh, for the average user, what, what you're going to need hardware and software wise to get it set up and, and running. So if you're running a Windows or a Mac computer, it's actually pretty easy. Um, there are um, pre-built binaries for both platforms that you can download on from the FreeDB website. And with those, um, the necessary um, dependencies are already there. So you just run the installer in the case of Windows, or you drag the, you open the DMG on the file on the Mac and you drag the FreeDB icon to your applications folder. Um, on Linux, the it, the source code uses the CMake build environment. So, um, and the CMake is definitely designed to um, such that, like, if the dependent, if there's dependencies that don't already exist on your machine, it will grab them from the internet for you. Um, but in the README file, there's a set of um, dependent like packages you can install from 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 whatever dist- distribution you're running, say um, Ubuntu or Debian or Fedora, for example. Um, so once you have those installed, there's a build Linux script that you can run. And on Linux, at least, I definitely recommend you use Pulse Audio or, yeah, Pulse Audio and not um, Port Audio. Um, Pulse Audio tends to work, or um, Pipewire tends to work a lot better on Linux these days than Pulse Audio. So, um, so like, basically, so basically you would specify um, Pulse Audio as a parameter to the build Linux script, and it would, it would know to enable that and compile in the necessary libraries and et cetera. Um, there are um, also distribution packages for FreeDB, but they may be at least a version or two behind what the latest development is. All right. So let, let's get into the one part of FreeDB that I always found the most confusing. And I, I think uh, an average user might also find the most confusing is the fact that it generally needs two sound cards. Um, now, those sound cards can be anything. It can be like a little USB dongle or a headset that provides a USB audio device or something like that. But you do need two of them. Uh, can you explain sort of the architecture, why that is, and uh, some of the gotchas of, of having that set up? So there, so one of the sound cards is likely is basically the analog sound card. It's what your microphone or speaker or what your headset is going to be. And this can be something like a Bluetooth headset or like... Um, or some sort of USB headset plugged into your computer, or even just like um, your built-in sound card on your computer. Um, the other sound card is effectively the digital side, which is what connects to your radio. And a lot of newer radios do have um, a built-in USB interface, and you can plug that into your computer, and you get like another sound card that way, as well as um, a serial port for cat control. And as well, um, the other interface could also be something like a signal link or a rig runner or another sort of um, box type interface. So in short, if you're already if you're already set up for like FT8, for example, you're about 50% of the way, you're likely 100% of the way there, um, if not at least halfway there. Okay, because like, yeah, if you're set up for FT8, then obviously you have a digital, you have a sound card between your radio, whether it's a signal link or a built-in, like the IC71 has a built-in sound card. So that will count for one of them. And then your speakers and, and uh, microphone or even your camera mic or something like that or a USB headset will count for the other one. So that should be all you need hardware-wise. Correct. All right, so... So the, the user interface is pretty straightforward. Um, I know there's some places you can go to find out like FreeDB calling frequencies and stuff like that. Google is definitely your friend in that. There's also a QSO finder. What's, what was the URL for that? I can't remember it. The URL is qso.freedb.org. And basically it's a, um, it's kind of similar to IRC if you guys have ever used that before in where like there's like a text based chat and you can coordinate with other people that way. 
but then each person who's logged into the chat has a um has a frequency associated with them so you can see where people are on the bands and you can also report where you are on the bands and that would give you and other people the ability to queue us wide to your location at so it's basically another tool for coordinating contacts effectively all right, very good. So one thing I noticed, or at least I remember from our early days of using free FreeDB when we first talked to Dave about it, was that I was having problems with getting the two sound cards to like sort of operate. And one of the things I found was that like the the audio bit rate, like the forty four one or forty eight thousand, had to be the same sort of across. And if you change things, it got a little weird. Is that still an issue? That is actually no longer an issue. Um, the code. We added some code in the on the application side to auto um, auto up convert and down convert. So it, every all of your devices in the configuration can be different sample rates, and it should be able to handle that uh, no problem at all. Oh, that sounds good. Well, <clears throat> I'm definitely planning on trying this again. I've I've been firing up all kinds of old applications. Somebody wants me to play chess. <laughs> One of our listeners uh, wants me to play chess using HF Packet, which definitely sounds like a challenge that, that I'm willing to accept. And I've also actually fired up QSS TV to do some slow scan for the first time in, in quite a while. So uh, definitely looking forward to trying out FreeDB again. So I, I know we've talked about this before. If you want, if you want more information about how to actually operate FreeDB, we've done past episodes about that. Just uh, search for FreeDB on the website, and uh, there's there's some like tutorials type stuff. And of course, uh, there's probably good information on a wiki or a GitHub site or something like that, right? So there's actually a lot of information on the FreeDB website, and there's also um, on the GitHub there's a user manual available. And that you can that has a lot of good information about um, setting up and running FreeDB as well. All right, very, and then oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, and then failing that, there's um, we definitely one of the things that we just recently created is a Discord that you can log, you can join and like ask questions on there as well. I'm I I tend to be listening in there, and there's other people who are in there as well. So um, if you have any additional questions, that's another good source to like to ask around in there. Well, I need an invite to said Discord. <laughs> cool. I'll, I'll definitely do that after. All right. Fantastic. They, yeah. There's a, there's actually a public um, link on the FreeDB website. You can click on the join as well. All right. That's fantastic. All right. So so let's get into the the new hotness, the uh, the money that you received from the ARDC, over $400,000 for development of free, FreeDB. So let's talk a little bit about the future of FreeDB and what this, is, what this grant is going to help you guys do. So one of the big things that we want to do is um, is hire some is use that money to basically pay um, for ad- additional development. So one of the big things is um, potentially hiring a um, DSP engineer. Um, there tend to not be that much DSP type stuff on um, like in the open source community. So for a lot of DSP like type development, you tend to have to go out into the in and do paid development effectively. So um, it would that a lot of that funding will basically be towards um, hiring um, people to actually folk, dedicate their time to improving the audio codec, for example, or potentially some of the other um, parts of the Codec 2 library, as well as the 3DV GUI and potentially some of the hardware stuff as well. Um, and then another little bit of that money, um, we're hoping to actually expand our marketing a little bit. So, for instance, have more of a presence at, say, various ham fests. Um, like um, one of the big things that would be nice is to um, say go to Dayton, for example, and potentially have a booth. But that's something that we need to work out as to um, what exactly we're going, like how we're going to be spending that money wisely, um, for sure. 
All right. I admit I was trying to connect to the Discord, so I kind of missed a little bit of that. Um, I heard some of it. So, Bill, Bill, answer a follow-up so I can deal with this <laughs> or ask a follow-up at least. Because at least I hope you were listening to that. I, I know, I know yes. he said, you yeah. know, they were hiring developers and stuff like that. I got, uh, I got that whole thing. Oh, but before you ask a question, wasn't, isn't Mike like the, the audio guy? Isn't that his whole thing? <laughs> Or Dave, not Mike. I don't know where Mike came from. Mike came from microphone. <laughs> um, so um, David Rowe does have um, does have DSP and like experience, and, but um, he also has like a he also still has a day job. Um, so um, and like of course stuff outside of ham- amateur radio, just like all of us. So um, like um, someone who could so definitely more help um, to like sit more help from like other people was definitely appreciated and it would allow us to progress with development more quickly for sure. All right. Really good. Um, but you have a day job too. So I do, I do have a day job. <laughs> so, so you want somebody to work full time on free DB. That's what you guys are looking for. Um, I think, I think that would be good. Um, like I said, it, we would have, we still have to iron out like what the, like what the terms of that sort of like work is going to look like. Um, so that's something we have to work out with the rest of the, the leadership team as well as our fiscal sponsor and potentially ARDC as well. All right. Really good. So Bill, uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned, uh, getting, um, uh, some marketing going with, uh, some commercial vendors and stuff like that. Have you guys had any, um, uh, any interest yet or any, any, uh, like early signs of, um, some, some interest of, from some names we would recognize? Um, so there has been, um, there has been some work on getting FreeDB built into radios. Um, for example, um, the MCHF radio. I'm if you guys are familiar with it, does have yeah. FreeDB built in. Um, and there's also the if you're running an SDR like the Hermes Light, for example, there's a SDR program called Quisk that also has um, FreeDB built in. Um, and I know in the past um, there was a working waveform for the Flex 6000 series radios. And so one of the nice things that would to that we that we would like is to um, eventually get that working again and ha- be able to have Flex users basically click on a free DV button inside Smart SDR and operate free DV without having to install anything else. So, um, and I know Flex has definitely been really interested in free DV in the past, and hopefully we'll be able to work with them to get that waveform back. Um, and I I know they're and I'm so that's at least some of them, and I'm sure there'll be additional um, ben- manufacturers and other people who are interested in building free dv into their own products yeah yeah so uh, yeah it makes sense especially for like flex where it's you know, all pretty much software driven anyway uh mm-hmm. to uh, be able to kind of slide this in even as a module or something like that um yeah i can definitely see that as an easier path than to go and say you know to icom or yezu to add <laughs> firmware or something like that on uh on one of their rigs to make it all work as well so uh that 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 actually makes a makes a lot of sense and stuff like that. Um so the uh the other devices you were talking about the Easy DV and the SM1000. So those are I was trying to find uh the schematics and stuff like that. Are those are those on the GitHub as well in uh the main GitHub uh storage area or is that stored I know, somewhere else? I know Easy DV is. Um I don't remember where they are exactly on for the SM1000. Um oh, Okay. That might be something I'll have to Google and like send later for the show notes. Okay. Yeah. No worries. No worries on that. So are you guys going to, uh, since you're formalizing everything as sort of the foundation, I'm assuming, or something like that, um, are, are you guys going to be moving all the repositories into more of a, 
um, a group thing? Because I know they're mostly sitting under Dave's account. So um, one of the so I don't know if you're familiar with um, the the Software Freedom Conservancy's stance on GitHub. Um, as part of us joining the Software Freedom Conservancy, there is definitely um, that that is definitely one of the to do items is to move away from GitHub to another um, repository host of some sort. And I imagine as part of that, we would be combining all the repositories into one location. I'll go with like GitLab or something like that. Possibly. We haven't figured out which um, we're exactly we're moving to yet, but that's like one of our to-do items for sure. As long as it's not SourceForge. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. <laughs> now that, that's interesting. So um, so you said you have a fiscal sponsor. I'm assuming that's your the 501c3 that's handling the, uh, the financial side of uh, uh, the grant that you got. Uh, who's the uh, fiscal sponsor? Um, Software Freedom Conservancy. Oh, okay, okay. So that's all together. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and uh, I guess you guys will be new to that experience, so I guess we won't really have any uh, opinions on that yet, how that's going to work out yet. Um, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, we are working through that and figuring out now that there are expenses and we are pushing them through. So it is that is something we are learning and as we're going along and. I imagine it will get easier as as development progresses for sure. And is there any plans from the leadership team to uh, form your own uh, nonprofit to uh, be the foundation for this project? I know we we investigated that when we first um, started the grant process, but then we've um, at the time we determined that it was more work than we were able to put in at the time. Um, that would be something we would definitely we would be revisiting, probably revisit eventually. But um, there is no current plans for that right now. Okay, that's really cool, Russ. Anything else? <laughs> sure, you you just wanted or, or you still you still in Discord land? <laughs> uh, no, I was advertising <laughs> no, the uh, the show over there on the FreeDB Discord. So, <laughs> um, oh, there you go. <laughs> trying to get Speaking some more marketing. more people over here to listen, <laughs> you know, to listen. So, no, I don't really have a lot more. I mean, I know we got that, or uh, Dan sent you the press release about the ARDC grant and everything, and I think we've covered most of that. And do you, do you guys have a timeline, I guess, for any kind of future deva- advancements, whether it be software or hardware related? I mean, like the e- easy DB, do you have any idea when you think that kind of thing will be in the wild from, and readily available? I can't really comment on a specific. I know for the ARDC grant there, it is for a two year period. So um, and at the end, we write up a report for um, ARDC for sure. Um, for easy DB specifically, um, there's no, I don't know when or if that's going to be available for sale. Um, one of the complications is that, um, of course, um, I, I ended up falling down the rabbit hole of um, FCC compliance um, recently, and it turned out that um, the like there's a lot of um, complication with that as well. Um, it doesn't seem like um, EasyDV as it is right now would be able to. Um, get by without like going through the legal process, which is getting it tested and that sort of thing. And that's, of course, that's going to add time and cost as well. So um, that's definitely, so we definitely will need to like um, discuss more on what the timeline would be for a future release of say EasyDV. Do you have uh, somebody on the team working on like advancements in the UI and stuff? I know you're developing FreeDB, the application for Mac and stuff, but is uh, is it sort of static the way it is, or do you guys have uh, plans for advancements or features or anything? Um, that would be something we'd have to um, discuss some more. But um, there over the last few years, there have definitely been enhancements in the user interface. Um, 
for example, one of the recent things that came out, I think it was one of the most recent releases, is there is an easier way of configuring the, the sound setup now, or really application in general. First time you start FreeDB, there'll be an easy setup dialog basically will come up. And it's um, the workflow is optimized more for the common case where you have like a single sound device for the for the radio side and one or two sound devices for the analog side. So um, the the idea is, is to make it a little bit less confusing for people to configure to do like the basic configuration that you need to get on the air versus what was what was done in the past where you were given like four different sound devices and you had to choose all four devices, for example, um, like one, like two microphone and two um, speaker devices effectively. Um, so um, we've definitely been making incremental improvements in the usability, and I'm sure there's going to be more improvements in the usability as time goes on. All right, very good. Do you, does FreeDB also have like integrations like other digital software packages, digital radio software packages have like uh, logger interfaces or, uh, you know, DX trackers or even a link to the QSO finder or anything like that? Is, do you, do you have any integrations like that or, or thinking about them? There is an integration now with, um, PSK reporter. Um, that is something that both sides of the contact will have to have enabled. But if both sides of the contact do have it enabled, then when you transmit, um, it will basic other people who've heard you on the air will report on PSK Reporter's website, and there's a specific 3DV mode that you can select from the drop-down list of modes on that site, and see everyone who's used 3DV and and like who's currently listening and over the last 24-hour period effectively. In fact, you'll if you go on there right now, you'll probably see a fair amount of traffic because this weekend has been the monthly um, 3DV activity day, which is another. Um, Another um, good time to go ahead and try FreeDB, um, and that came about to try to solve a lot of a lot of the issues with not really hearing people on the air. So Activity Day is basically a one set period of time where to get people in the FreeDB community together chatting on the air, and it's not really a contest. Like there's no points, and you don't have to submit logs or anything like that. It's kind of similar to the J what JS8 called as for their monthly event, um, where it's just a time period and you get on the air and you chat with other people um, using 3DV effectively. Well, that and sounds that's, good. Now, now I wish we were recording earlier. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's the third um, weekend of every month. So um, the, there's definitely an, a ch- another chance in a month or in a month or so. Oh, very good. Well, I definitely hope to get into it myself for sure. or back into it again because I haven't used it in a while, but there's only so many hours in a day. I've, I'm finding out rather frequently these days. So, um, <laughs> so um so usually we wrap up by asking you like is there anything you want to tell us about the project or the grant or anything that's upcoming that we that we sort of skipped over and uh, also like to try and highlight members of the team if you have a uh, some some folks who are developers or uh team leaders that you want to uh give some credit to here i mean i definitely will give um credit to the rest of the free db development team um so david Rowe for sure because um Without him, that definitely wouldn't be here talking about 3DB right now. And then um, Walter Holmes, um, K5WH, who um, is really, really a big advocate of 3DB in general and does a lot of um, testing type stuff and managed to get like a big group of people down in the Houston area um, using 3DB. So that's really nice as well. Um, and then there's... Um, Man, there's actually a lot more people than I would, um, that I'm not sure we'll have time for. But definitely, there's been a lot of people. Um, definitely thank um, the FreeDB community in general for um, 
giving FreeDB a chance and sticking with it because it's it's definitely a worthwhile mode. At least I think it's a worthwhile mode, and I'm I'm glad that we're all here on this adventure for sure. So did we did we miss anything? Is there anything you want to touch on about the application, the hardware, uh, the grant, or anything else that, that might be of interest to folks listening? So um, if you're definitely um, if you're interested in helping out with FreeDB, um, like software development or potentially um, working on the like doing hardware type stuff or codec type stuff, definitely get in touch with us. Um, and if we also we also welcome pull requests, so you can go ahead and just fork the repository any of the repositories and work in there if you'd like as well. Um, the hopefully we'll 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 talk more as a leadership team and figure out like um, how the paid work is going to go for sure. And once that's um once that's ironed out, I'm sure we'll make an announcement about like how to apply that for that sort of thing. So what is FreeDV written in and how is it licensed? The FreeDV is written in C, C and C plus. Well, FreeDV is written itself is written in C plus plus, but the Codec two library is mainly straight C. Um, the and Codec two is under the LGPL, and I believe the application is. I believe it's sim, It's either LGPL or just straight GPL. Um, I'm blanking offhand. That's okay. It's easy enough to figure out. So it's definitely uh, copy lefted. So um, all right. Very good. And what give us give us a quick rundown of places where people can contact you, find information, and that kind of thing. So um, the website for FreeDV is um, freedv.org, um, and that has that has links to the downloads and the, the Discord and um, at least some of the GitHub repositories. Um, I'll go ahead and um, in the show notes there'll be a link to the repository for um, EasyDV as well, um, and um, and like more of the hardware stuff as well. All right, good. We'll make sure we have all those links posted so everybody can find out more information. Bill, anything else you want to wrap up? And let me throw it out to the folks listening here live and see if anybody else has any questions they want to send your way before we go ahead and wrap it up. No, I don't have any more questions. That's, uh, I'm real excited to get back into it. I just compiled it myself for my system. So <laughs> I realized I haven't had it on this new system yet. So, uh, um, compiled real easy, no problems. Did you say there were there were packages for different distros or not yet? Uh, Linux specifically. There are packages. Um, they may be at least they may be a few versions behind the latest. What what is the latest? Just so we have that here. The latest is the latest official version is one point eight point seven. Um, there is a test version of one eight eight on the GitHub repository. Um, the difference between that and um, one eight seven is is um, the addition of um, a 2020 C mode. Um, but other than that, there aren't really any major differences between those two. All right. Very good. I don't see any uh, questions coming out of the live participants here. So I think we're good to kind of wrap it up. I want to thank you, Munir, for being with us here. I uh, really appreciate you showing us, uh, showing up and telling us a little bit more about the uh, FreeDB project, which, like I said, we have talked about before, but we've kind of let languish for a while and it's good to see that it's out there and still going. And uh, now you've got some some financial stimulus, and then hopefully that really uh, puts FreeDV on the map. So thanks again for being here. No worries. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks. All right, fantastic. So you can hang out if you like, or you can go on your merry way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have uh, Cheryl come in here and do our little social media 
uh, to wind up the show thing. And uh, there's a lot of missing data in there because once again, I haven't had time to, to ferret out all the new folks who are, who are our social media uh, participating in our program at this point, but we'll uh, let you do what we do have. Okay. So uh, apparently you forgot the announcements and feedback. So I'll go oh, ahead yeah, and yeah, I did too. do that too. So yeah, don't, go ahead. And you, yeah. You, don't, don't forget our handvention. Go fund me. Uh, we're, we're close to getting there, but not quite. Uh, and the link for that is lhs.fyi slash hv2002 or excuse me 2023 so um please help us uh cover our, our expenses for that and thank you for the ones that have already done so and for our new subscribers and etc uh for subscribers and patreons we have brian kd8iou uh, Russ is slacking off on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. On Discord, we have uh, Slaramir P, Arin, War High Techs, uh, Sweet Ian or Saint Ian, and KD8IOI. Oh um, boy, that's a typo. It's cigar. Brian, yeah. <laughs> No Instagram, no Mastodon, no merchandise sales. Uh, Brian, Katie, 8, IOU, join our mailing list. And this time in our live chat, we have Steve, KA7, HVT, Winston, KD2, WLL, Ted, WA0, EIR, Steve, KG, KJ5T, and Don, KV2, YSI. All right. Very good. I, I will actually, by the next episode, get all of those things. Uh, the 500th episode spectacular brought us a lot of social media contacts and I've got a very long list that's going to, uh, take a few minutes on the next episode. So, so be aware that that's coming, but thanks everybody for listening, especially those who are here in the live show and those who have supported us financially. But we also appreciate each and every listener because if it weren't for you, there'd be no point in doing the show. We hope you learned a little something. Hope you try out free DV. Um, you know, it's, it's free. It's free in uh, every way you can think of free. So, uh, check it out and maybe we'll have a QSO, uh, in the future. But with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. This has been our deep dive episode number 501 of Linux in the Hamshack. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, E4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 lhs show that's 1-909-547-7469 visit the online lhs merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise until next time remember to always heed your hedonism (laughs) 